two guys who love talking about a game within a game. And coming up later in the show, the league was back at its best with bumper scores for managers. What to do with that Reese James hole left in our sides and Pep Roulette strikes again. We also look at the transfer market in the big short segment, try and find a differential in goodwill punting and review the best captaincy picks in no captain, my captain. In association with Fantasy Football Scout, I'm Peterson and this is FPL SideNet. Hello, managers. Welcome back to the FPL Sidenet podcast. I am recording this on Thursday, the 29th of December, and it is a solo show this game week as Andrew, unfortunately, couldn't join us because of work commitments, but I am here to break down what happened in a very eventful game week 17 after the restart. And well, let's just get straight into it. So Andrew, Andrew finished with 93 points this game week, which was just fantastic. And this is how he landed with his reboot wildcard side. So he had Kepa Ariza Balaga in goals there uh, with the nine points. Kieran Trippier, Cancelo, White, and Luke Shaw with the, the four men at the back there. Luke Shaw definitely doing the business for him there. And Kieran Trippier is just doing Kieran Trippier things this season. Um, the midfield of Mo Salah, Bill Foden, and Rashford there. So some good scores there with Rashford on 14 and Salah on 12. And then, of course, the Nordic meet shield himself, Haaland, 26 points as captain. Darwin Nunez, who disappointed many a manager this game week with two points, and Eddie Inketia with six points there. And then on his bench, he had Ward from Leicester City, Almiron, Miggy Almiron, the future Ballon d'Or winner there with eight points. Andreas from Fulham stayed in his side. And yeah, um, Castagna there, the, the Belgian defender from Leicester as well with one point. So yeah, 93 points. Andrew now moves up to 634K. So he is moving in the right direction. He's got 994 points in total. So yeah, a really good game week for him. The, that Luke Shaw call was really good there with eight points. And yeah, he took a bit of a risk going with Eddie and Kedia, but yeah, really, he was pretty pumped up about him and it definitely paid off with him getting that, that third goal there for, for Arsenal. So um, myself, I finished with 96 points. So just a little bit better and um, so close to, to cracking the century and being able to raise the bat there. But um, and, you know, 100K green arrow, I'll definitely take that. So I've now moved up to 221K, which is fantastic. So, yeah, my wildcard reboot side, I much like Andrew, I had the ward um, and Kepo double up there for the goalkeepers. I had Cancelo, Trippier, White, and Reese James, which I will touch on a little bit further in the show. Then I had Martin Erdegaard, who I talked up last week, and he was just amazing there. So he finished up with 11 points this game week. Marcus Rashford with the 14, Mo Salah with 12, and Kevin De Bruyne with two points, unfortunately. And, yeah, 
Harlan perma captain, just like everyone else, and Martial up front with six points after he got his goal. So yeah, Andreas Pereira on my bench with uh, Bueno, the the cheap enabler there from from Wolves, got a point. And yeah, Mason Green, uh, not Mason Greenwood, I should say the Green Sam Greenwood from um, Leeds uh, was my budget pick up forward, and he finished with four points and looked very lively against City today. So I'm pretty happy with that. But um, yeah, that I ended up. My the side I finished up with was very different to the side that I actually um, talked about on last week's episode. So after doing a lot more research and doing some planning and everything, I I sort of felt like the thremium concept might be a bit better for myself and something I definitely it wasn't really on my radar. But just the more I I thought about it and you know looking ahead, it felt very comfortable for me, especially when we got so many great budget options this season in the league. Like we you know players like. Martinelli, Erdegaard, Almiron, there's, and even Rashford is so cheap this season. There's a lot of options there. So my thinking for going with I, with De Bruyne was that I really wanted the City triple up. So looking at their fixtures, they looked fantastic. Um, but I, you know, even though I had Phil Foden in my game week 16 side, I just wasn't 100% confident of his minutes. And I felt like that could be the big difference, you know, from the restart, if I could sort of get that, that City... Um, triple up nailed. I, I, yeah, thinking De Bruyne would be better than it might give me an advantage. Sadly, that wasn't the case today. He only finished up with two points, but he looked very, very explosive today. He was, he, unfortunately for him, he was quite often the assist to the assist in the game against Leeds. And we've seen so often in the past, he'll have games like that. And then he'll have like a massive game after that. So he's got Everton up next and I'm fairly confident he might be able to get me some returns there. But um, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, Cancelo on the bench. I don't think anyone really saw that. And yeah, the big one there was Reese James, who got the flag there, which is a little bit annoying. But yeah, I'm going to get to that in a sec. But yeah, the big talking points after a very big game week 17. So, you know, a lot of the popular picks returned this game week. There were some big 100 plus scores floating around. Um, FPL Twitter, which was just amazing to see. It's so good when you see a lot of your, you know, your Twitter friends out there doing really good. I absolutely love that. So well done to everyone out there on your scores. Um, even if it was in the 90s, that's still amazing because the average was about 76 or 72 this game week. So just shows how, you know, how competitive the league is this season. But, you know, we were still getting trolled by, you know, FPL. It just it ceases to, you know, give us a break sometimes. So we saw Zaha and Palace absolutely shitting the bed at home against Fulham. And Mitrovic, who was actually fit enough to play, returned a monster 15 points after, you know, Marco Silva told us that he probably wasn't going to be playing. So thanks a lot, Silva, because I had... Mitrovic in all my drafts and only took him out for Marshall because of that. So that was very annoying. But, you know, the the popular uh, Darwin Nunez spurned so many chances this game week. And Mo Salah was looking his absolutely brilliant best with a goal and an assist for the Egyptian King. So many people out there, their concept was going with Darwin instead of Mo Salah. And, you know, thinking that Darwin could cover Salah, but Salah is just so consistent. And, yeah, after the last few games, I mean, I did have Darwin in my original um, Game Week 17 side that I talked about last week. And after watching the League Cup, just watching Darwin spurn chance after chance, I just wasn't that confident and thought I could use the funds a bit better up. But, you know, Leicester are up next for Liverpool. So, you know, 
Definitely don't. If you've got Darwin, do not get rid of him because he's going to get so many opportunities against Leicester there. We saw how they just absolutely capitulated against um, uh, Newcastle over the over the game week that's just gone. So, And if you don't have Mo Salah, then I would definitely recommend hiding behind a couch for that one because it's going to be torture. But um, in more great news for Liverpool fans, they made the signing of the very impressive PSV and, and Netherlands forward Cody Gakpo after, um, you know, swooping in. And that came a bit of a surprise. He had been heavily linked with Man United for, you know, a good 12 to 18 months. So um, he's going to offer so much versatility to Klopp and that that Liverpool forward line. So I think Liverpool are maybe looking at Jota who can't stay fit and Firmino, you know, possibly at the, the end of his, you know, Liverpool career, Gakpo is going to come in with a lot of youth and, and um, you know, he's so exciting. He's so versatile and, you know, he's probably more of a winger and a wide forward than the center forward role that we saw him play in Qatar for the Dutch side. But, you know, it's probably handy to know that Klopp can actually throw him up top if Darwin's unavailable or there's an injury or something. So, um, no word yet what he's going to be priced in FPL, but my guess I might be around the eight million mark. So we saw Diaz last season come in at a similar price and absolutely hit the ground running. So it could be an exciting addition for both Liverpool and FPL managers alike. Newcastle and Arsenal both picked up where they left off with all their popular picks amongst the points. So we saw Kieran Trippier with 12 points. That's his third double pointer in just four game weeks. So the man is on fire. He's only blanked three game weeks this season, which is just absolutely absurd. And, you know, I was absolutely puzzled why I saw people benching him or even selling him for the, you know, the FPL restart because he's just so consistent. He's nailed and it seems like his floor is like six or seven points every game week because he always seems to pick up a bonus point no matter what. And, you know, Andrew talked about the only way to get anything from a Newcastle, you know, from a defensive aspect is to actually double up. And he talked up a lot about Botman last week and, you know, he's only 4.4 million and that's just incredible value. So, you know, it might be an option for managers moving forward. Um, You know, Newcastle triple up could be handy down the line, but, you know, whether you want to do that in, in, you know, double defense or, you know, add Almiron and get Callum Wilson. I'm not too sure, but yeah, Botman could be an option there that, and, you know, Andrew was really talking him up last week, but, you know, we saw Miggy Almiron with, you know, his sublime form has not taken a dip at all with the world cup break. And yeah, he was back back at his Ballon d'Or best and is probably in contention with Messi for that award. I reckon. What do you think? But Callum Wilson was left out thanks to illness, which blindsided his owners and, no word yet from Eddie Howe if the England forward is going to be available for the visit of Leeds on New Year's Eve. So um, that was very disappointing for managers that opted to go with him because, you know, that he was probably their Mitrovic um, placeholder and thinking that, you know, with that that fixture there against Leicester, it's very handy, get those points and then move on. So, yeah, very disappointing there. But, you know, from an Arsenal perspective, Enkedia, you know, he did reward his owners like Andrew with a goal there and, Martinelli looked good. Saka was on the score sheet, but it was that other Nordic meat shield, uh, Martin Erdegaard, um, in my side, and was he just looked absolutely world class in that game. So two assists, three bonus points, and for you know six point four million is really is basically the budget De Bruyne of FPL. He could have easily returned a goal or two as well. He was uh, really looking to to get on the score sheet as well. He he's just involved in everything. So he just wants the ball all the time. He's always creating things. And yeah, some of the some of the balls he was putting through was absolutely amazing and could have easily finished up with a few more assists. 
Chelsea restarted their campaign under Graham Potter with a relatively easy 2-0 win over Bournemouth thanks to Mason Mount and Kai Havertz. Um, and he looked absolutely fantastic. And they and Bournemouth had their new investor, Michael B. Jordan, in the stands watching on. And, you know, the Creed star, probably not all that impressed with what he saw. But um, the big news to come out of that game was, unfortunately, the injury to Reese James on his return to first-team action. So, sadly, the wing-back looks to have aggravated the same knee injury he had just overcome and was he was pretty visibly upset on the pitch too which was a bit sad to see as a Chelsea fan but um good news is he said on his socials that he should be returning in about three to four weeks but it does give managers a lot to consider as many had hoped to roll a transfer this game week after you know using our restart wildcard and you know more importantly we lose a Chelsea asset ahead of that double in game week 19 so they've got Fulham away and then Manchester City at home so you know, on paper, it's not the best double, especially with Fulham in goal scoring mode. But, you know, who are the best options around his price? It seems to be a very popular question doing the rounds. But, you know, with the limited options in Chelsea's defense, if you wanted to stick with Chelsea, that is, you know, the most attractive options probably a Marco Correa, you know, 5.1 million, you know, um, Thiago Silva's 5.4, um, Koulibaly's only 5.5. So, you know, all around that similar price that you can easily move to from James by dropping down and, you know, may, adding a, a little bit more budget in, into your kitty there for other moves that you could potentially make. So, look, personally, I don't see a lot of upside with those defenders. You know, the beauty of Reese James is that he always offered so much in attack and it has a ridiculous ceiling. I mean, I know he tends to troll a lot in FBL, but, you know, what he can produce on any day is, you know, pretty frightening. Even in the game against Bournemouth, he, you know, he was getting into those positions we love to see him play, getting in the box and, you know, it was unlucky. You know, he had a couple of shots and, one of the balls that was put to him was just a little bit too far and he had to stretch out for it. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, he, he wasn't able to get that return on his exit. But, um, yeah, that double in game week 19, I touched on it briefly, but it's basically Fulham and two points. That's how I see it because, against like City are just ruthless. And still, I don't expect this Chelsea side to keep a clean sheet at Fulham away as well. Like... Mitrovic and, you know, even Tim Ream is getting on the score sheet this game week. That's how much Fulham are flying. And yeah, that looks, you know, they're, they're just all systems go at the moment, Fulham. And I'm not too sure with these injuries, like Fafana's still out, Chilwell's out, Reese James is out, like whether or not that Chelsea defense could hold out Fulham, I'm not 100% sure. But, you know, that leads to maybe some other players coming into consideration if you're looking at moving on from Reese James to, to you know, someone else from a, another side. And, you know, this player is in Andrew's side. He finished up with eight points this game. Week. That's Luke Shaw. So 4.8 million, you know, off the back of that eight points against Forrest. He was actually playing centre-back in place of the absent um, Martinez there, who was, you know, still partying for Argentina. But, you know, the part-time German Owen Hargraves um, described uh, Luke Shaw's performance like Franz Beckenbauer-esque. So, you know, he tends to know his German football, Owen Hargraves. So that's a very big, um, you know, plus there from me. And, yeah, Luke Shaw looked amazing, even playing centre-back, just his passing. He was able to find so many players and, you know, such a great player with the ball at his feet. So um, just another feather in his bow there and shows how important he is actually to Eric Ten Hag's side. So that's that's a plus as well. And their fixtures coming up, they've got Wolves this game week. And then in game week 19, when Chelsea has that double, which I just touched on, Man United have Bournemouth at home, which on paper is probably the easiest fixture around. So, you know, 
like I mentioned, I'm not expecting Chelsea to keep a clean sheet against City, and it's going to be very tough for them to go away at Fulham and keep that clean sheet too with, with you know, all the issues I talked about. But, you know, looking at Man United, that game week 19 against Bournemouth, I'd probably prefer to play someone like Luke Shaw over a Chelsea defender because that Bournemouth game looks like, you know, we've seen Bournemouth absolutely fold once the pressure comes on. So that's something there. And, um, yeah, something definitely to, to keep in mind. But, you know, Spurs defenders, you know, they're not probably the most appealing, especially at the moment with their habit of conceding goals early in the first half and putting out absolute stinkers in the first half. But they will have a double in game week 20. It is against Arsenal and Manchester City. So, again, it's another double that doesn't look all that great on paper. And, you know, with Conte's side, there's never any guarantee who's actually going to come out on the pitch. So I was very surprised to see Perisic play um, this game week gone. I thought he might still be, you know, recovering after he played so much football at that World Cup for Croatia. But, yeah, he was straight into when Yeah, we saw Matt Doherty. Um, play as well but yeah again when it comes to you know Conte's as bad as anyone especially with his uh, wing backs there but you know maybe if you could stretch to you know Trent Alexander-Arnold at 7.2 or maybe even a a Robbo 6.8 that could be very appealing you know I'd probably tilt towards Robbo I think he's better value there as you know, Trent's only had two returns this season. In Sorry, I, I should say only returned in two games, really. So he had that massive 17 points against Bournemouth very early and only returned in another game. So it's it's not exactly value for money there when you're putting all that money in, an, in a premium defender there. But, you know, saying that, <laughs> Liverpool up against Leicester this weekend and famously Trent got, you know, he absolutely annihilated Leicester a few seasons ago with that 24-point haul. And who could forget, you know, three assists, the goal, the bonus points. You know, they scored four goals that game and he was involved in every single goal. And, yeah, the streets will never, ever forget that performance. It was, you know, I remember watching that game as a, you know, a Trent Alexander owner. And I remember just before that game started, many managers had, had actually removed him from his side because he hadn't produced for a while. And yeah, that was just, that was a season defining game week, that one when he did that. So uh, yeah, <laughs> take take risk when it comes to Trent Alexander-Arnold and Leicester. But look, I yeah, like I mentioned, I would definitely lean towards Robbo. So thinking outside of the square, possibly, Maybe an Aaron Creswell at 4.8 million. So his fixtures look good for the Hammers now. So I know West Ham haven't been all that great, but coming up, they've got Brentford this game week, Leeds, Wolves, and then Everton after that. So it's a really good um, four game weeks of football there. Um, no doubles, but yeah, on paper, they look decent. And we'll, uh, West Ham probably going to have to start tightening up. They need to start picking up points. So um, best way for David Moyes to do that is by... Um, sort of parking the bus a bit. But look, while it hasn't been confirmed as of yet, there's still the possibility raised by the guru of fixtures himself, uh, Ben Crellin, that game week 21 could actually be a double for Brighton with Crystal Palace or Bournemouth added to their their round 21 fixture against Leicester. So most likely it's probably going to be Crystal Palace as they already face Bournemouth in game week 22. So I know the league generally don't like to have teams play each other like back-to-back, so that that's probably off the card. So it's probably most likely going to be Palace added to that. But, you know, there's a lot of budget options there for Brighton. So we've got um, Dunk at 4.7, a Stupinan at 4.5, um, Webster 4.5 as well. I know Webster's um, currently out, but he's expected back, I think, in the 3rd or 4th of, of January. So plenty of time before 
um, that game week 22. But, yeah, maybe, you know, if you're looking for that short-term thing, maybe, yeah, Lewis Dunk might be the best option at, at the moment. But um, on to other things. So we saw uh, Man United, they lived up to the reboot hype by comfortably putting aside uh, Nottingham Forest 3-0. on the highlight was definitely the Rashford and Marshall link up for the Frenchman's goal. So that's just the pinnacle of FPL when you've got the two players combining for a goal. So uh, Rashford took the three bonus points thanks to his goal and assist and providing incredible value at 6.8 million this season. And Casemiro, he's making such a big difference to that that Man United side. So um, he's got so much vision and drive into that midfield. And yeah, he's now that he's hit his straps and he's really cemented, he's yeah adding so much to that side. And it's definitely what's helping Man United at the moment. And the round came to a close earlier this morning with Man City winning 3-1 thanks to that man Erling Braut Haaland against his hometown club Leeds with, you know, two goals, bringing his 20th goal of the season in just 14 games. This is, you know, insane. His numbers just, you know, they stack up against all the greats when it comes to the Premier League and he's absolutely shading them all at the moment. So this this man is just, uh, he's not human. Uh, I'm convinced he's not human. He was produced in a lab. Um, but it was Pet Roulette back with a vengeance and, you know, Cancelo, Foden, Walker all benched with the latter two making late cameos and blocking big points off managers' benches. So there was a lot of frustrated managers out there who had, you know, Mitrovic points or Kieran Trippier points um, blocked by those late cameos. But, um, you know, everyone seemed to escape the the Pet Roulette pain fairly easily, though, because City conceded that goal and, um, even though KDB was very impressive this game, he, he wasn't able to return for his owners, you know, albeit providing some great opportunities that just weren't taken upon. But, you know, Jack Grealish took the headlines, although he did do his best Darwin Nunez impersonation, um, sparing quite a few chances, but he ended up turning provider with two assists there and looked really good there. So the question now is, will Pep stick with him and Mares alongside the Nordic Mitchell? We're not too sure, but... I'm sure he's going to be keen to get Foden back into that lineup soon. And with Everton on the cards, you know, Foden owners will be hoping that comes this game week. But um, yeah, I think Jack Grealish probably has, you know, that spot nailed for the meantime after, you know, linking up really well with the meat shield. But um, anyway, that's the wrap up from game week 17. Not a, a very big one, especially as I'm doing it by myself and with a very quick turnaround. But on the other side of the break, we're going to preview game week 18 and look at the transfer market and some differentials for you guys out there. Okay, managers, welcome back to the FPL SideNet podcast and looking ahead to game week 18. So New Year's Eve for us here in Australia. So we've got some Saturday morning football, which is Friday night for you guys over there in the UK. So we've got West Ham Brentford kicking things off at 6.45 a.m. for us here. So that's a 5.15 a.m. deadline on Saturday morning for us managers here in Australia. So don't get caught out. Don't, you know, don't go too hard with the drinks on the Friday night before New Year's Eve. So, um, yeah, that's an interesting one there. I'm still expecting, you know, we still haven't heard about Ivan Tony whether he's going to be suspended or not. Um, I mean, surely there's a suspension coming because it feels like every week there's just more charges laid against him. So we've seen in the past other players cough fairly lengthy bans for, for betting on matches, but we'll have to wait and see. So, yeah, West Ham really looking to bounce back 
Um, and, you know, get some some points there after getting humbled at the Emirates against Arsenal. Liverpool Leicester at 7 a.m. Oh, my God, this looks like an absolute bumper game. You want as many Liverpool players as you want for this game because Leicester looks pretty awful. Not sure if James Madison's going to be back for Leicester because he was watching on as Leicester lost to Newcastle in the stands there. But, yeah, look. Mo Salah could have an absolute feast in this game. And, yeah, it's a shame we can only have three Liverpool players because I think we want even more with, with this one coming up. And, yeah, Wolves host Man United. That's the Saturday night game for us here. So um, 11.30 at night, so a little bit later than usual, it feels like. But, anyway, um, yeah, Wolves, look, they did get that that very late win at Everton. And we saw Frank Lampard absolutely lose his marbles with that one. And yeah, Julian Lopetegui, you know, getting off to a great start as Wolves manager, but I was expecting them to tighten up a little bit, you know, especially against Everton, which is fairly easy to do, but you know, Wolves gave up so many opportunities against Everton and, you know, that's a promising sign for United who, you know, created a lot of chances the other morning. So, you know, I was possibly weighing up the, um, Anthony Martial to Mitro transfer. And I mean, I've been priced out of that anyway, but I think it's a very promising fixture for Martial there. And, you know, he did play 60 plus minutes, so he's probably still being eased into it. They don't want to break him down again, which, you know, feels like it could be any day now, but um, yeah, great, great game for our Man United assets, especially, you know, all the way from defense, all the way up to the top. So yeah, Luke Shaw owners like Andrew, um, could have, you know, another field day here. So then continuing on with the rest of the Saturday um, fixtures over there in the UK. So we've got Bournemouth Crystal Palace. So, you know, can the Cherries bounce back? Crystal Palace going to be um, missing a few players like Tompkins and Tyrick Mitchell after they both picked up red cards there. But, you know, Bournemouth, they need to start picking up points. So, you know, fairly okay under Gary O'Neill when he first took over. Um, after Scott Parker got the sack, but yeah, they they need to start you know putting some more points up on the border as they're going to slip back into the relegation zone. Uh, Fulham Southampton. Now I tell you what, this I want Mitrovic so bad for this game. Southampton, <laughs> look under Nathan Jones, like Southampton. I think Southampton are more sort of giving themselves some championship football security there by getting a really good championship manager. But you know, I I think might start to be a little bit too late for Southampton. The rot might have started to set in too much and they might have left themselves too much to do. I mean, not just from this season alone. It feels like this has been coming for a little while. But, yeah, look, a lot of us still have Andreas Pereira in our sides and, he, you know, quite often he features on our bench. But I'm definitely starting in this game week because, yeah, he could be very, very important for us. And, yeah, like I've mentioned, I would love Mitrovic in my side for this game. He could have an absolute field day after featuring in all three goals there against Crystal Palace. Man City host Everton. So, you know, <laughs> I feel sorry for Frank Lambert. So after Everton topped that last-minute loss to Wolves, They've got to pick themselves up and, and you know, play probably one of the hardest games in world football and go to Man City where, you know, Erling Haaland, you know, he, he could have finished with about four or five goals this morning against Leeds. That's, you know, that wasn't out of the question. He, he just looked, you know, it wasn't quite at his, um you know, top sharpness yet, but I'm sure he's going to get there very soon. So, yeah, a great game. You want Triple City for that game, absolutely. So, um yeah, a lot of us will be sweating on the team sheet 
once again and Newcastle hosts Leeds. So, you know, another big game there and expecting Newcastle to do the business there. And, you know, sitting second in the league, they're absolutely flying at the moment. And, you know, everything's just going their way at the moment. They're playing some great football. Um, they're so entertaining to watch. And, yeah, everyone is absolutely firing. Uh, Brighton Arsenal looks like it could be, you know, a pretty exciting game on paper. So I know Trossard's dropped in price. He was, you know, a bit popular heading into the, the reboot wildcards, but, yeah, already being sold by by many managers there. But um, this will be a bit of a test for Arsenal. I don't see any clean sheets here. I think both teams could easily score. But, um, yeah, I think Arsenal might, you know, continue their way and, and sit top of the table. And then finishing up, we've got Spurs-Aston Villa. So, look, Spurs, Conte, there's a lot of rumblings at the moment with Spurs fans. They're starting to lose a bit of hope because they're seeing the same drab football over and over again. And, you know, Aston Villa with Emery, he's, you know, he's really improved that side and they may be a little bit unlucky against Liverpool to sort of lose 3-1. They're probably a little bit better for for the effort. But, yeah, you know, two managers that like to, you know, really defend and have a lot of structure there, could that could be 0-0 and... Yeah, the final game of the game week is Forest up against my Chelsea there. So, yeah, can Kai Havertz continue his good form up front? Let's hope so. But, um, yeah, interesting to see what Graham Potter does with that defense there, whether he goes with, you know, a back three or or sticks with a back four there. But, um, yeah, no Reese James for that game, which is very disappointing. But on paper, looks like a great game for those Chelsea attackers. And now it's time for the big short segment where we look at all the transfer trends and who we should be buying and selling. And top transfers in this game week, yeah, Mitrovic, no doubt, after that 15 points, 407,000 transfers in. Marcus Rashford leading the way. Ivan Tony getting more transfers in. Uh, Miggy Almiron and Martin Erdegaard there. So, yeah, all players that absolutely bang this game week. And top transfers out. Gabriel Jesus, more managers getting rid of him. Maybe they missed the memo that... He got injured during the World Cup. Uh, Rhys James sitting second there. Trossard third. Uh, Callum Wilson third. And, yeah, Madison coming in fifth there. So they're the top transfers in and out this game week. No surprise there. Um, yeah, especially with Rhys James leading the line there. But um, for myself, my my transfers in, you know, I honestly, I hope to have rolled, rolled this game week. So that was my original plan. And, Looking at my side, I can easily get by just by sitting Reese James on the bench this game week because I can play a five-man midfield with um, Pereira uh, with that Southampton fixture. That, that's a game I actually really want to play him in anyway. So um, the other option is I sell, yeah, Reese James for Luke Shaw at four point eight million. So I talked earlier about all the different options there for for Reese James, and yeah, I think Luke Shaw might be one of the best ones. So especially with that fixture up against Wolves this game week, and then Bournemouth the week after, um, could be very promising there. But yeah, I might wait and see because I do have Ben White still, even though I'm not all that confident with the Arsenal clean sheet. They actually don't tend to keep a lot of clean sheets, which is annoying. Arsenal as good as they've been, they always seem to concede a goal a silly goal or a penalty like they did the other day. So, um, yeah, that's something to consider there. But um, now time for Goodwill Punting, where we look at a differential for the game week. And I'm picking out my boy, Cobra Kai Havertz. So King Kai, 7.7 million, 4.2%. Looked absolutely fantastic the other morning against Bournemouth with the goal and assist. And could have had a couple more goals and a couple more assists there too. But I think that's 
maybe just down to a bit of rust after the World Cup. But, you know, Kai was very good at the World Cup too. Um, unfortunately, Germany getting knocked out in the group stages once again wasn't all that good for him. But, yeah, he, he seems to be first choice for Graham Potter playing up top instead of Aubameyang, which I was a little bit surprised about. But, um, yeah, he seems to have won the race for that and didn't do himself any um, harm after putting in that performance. So, you know, Forrest up next, as I just mentioned earlier, and then the double in game week 19 and great fixtures, you know, uh, you know, exiting out of the double game week too. So, you know, it is a really good option there. And, you know, maybe if you've already got Mitrovic and you've got Callum Wilson maybe and you're not confident, you know, move to Kai Havertz could be interesting there because he's around a similar price mark. But, yeah, that is my pick there, the, my boy Kai Havertz. So, oh, captain, my captain, the top three options this game, man, I don't know. We need to just do perma-captain. So it's it's Haaland. Everton at home, my God, this is probably one of the best fixtures on paper. So, Harlan could score seven goals this game. I'm not putting it past him. You know, I think he might score at minimum a hat-trick in this game. Everton will look so poor. Um, Kona Cody will be back, though, for Everton, so it's just something to consider there because he wasn't able to play against Wolves because he's on loan. Um, but I don't think he's that pivotal that he could even stop the meat shield himself. So if you don't have Harland, if you're, you know, the 1% of FBL managers out there, most Salah against Leicester at home on paper looks absolutely tasty as, and yeah, Mitrovic against Southampton, which I talked about earlier. So um, before I finish up the show, the FBL Sunday podcast league. So Mira still leads the way with her side, Alice in Wonderland, um, 92 points this game week from Mira and sitting on top with 1,073 points. So um, yeah, she's absolutely flying. Well done, Mira. Keep it up. And yeah, myself, I've moved into the top 10. I get to be in the graphics. I'm so happy. I was so happy. This was the one league I was like checking all game week to see if I could break into the top 10. So I have done it. Hopefully I can stay there and start climbing up a little bit further up the ladder. And yeah, Andrew with his side, Viacon Diaz um, up to 24th. So uh, another move up the ladder after a really good game week as well. So he is moving in the right direction too. So um, game week 18. So we saw two managers win manager of the week. So Harrison Holmes and Nana Kwabena Yurenki Baidu. That's a very long, <laughs> you know, four barrel name there. Um, both finished with 113 points, but both used the bench boost chips this game week. So seemed to be a popular option to do it and looking at their sides they're you know fairly similar a lot of similar players there with you know Luke Shaw and 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 Martinelli so um yeah well done to those managers there but I want to give a special shout out to to my boy Ross so um yeah he's sitting seventh in the podcast league at the moment he's absolutely killing it uh one of my long time long time um best mates um 107 points this game week so he was absolutely filthy he wasn't going to be manager of the game week when he saw that there was two people that got the 113 that um with their bench boost chip so um today is actually ross's birthday so my man a happy birthday to you out there and uh good luck he is on track to you know he could easily win this league and uh have an amazing or at the end of this season so well done to him and well done to everyone else out there in the league too so um, really great to see a lot of managers out there whose names I recognize um, doing really well. So it makes it so much more fun this season. So well done to everyone out there. Now, time for the, the plugs before I finish up the show. So Twitter and Instagram at 
FBL Signet. You can find me on there. And make sure you give Andrew a follow, please, on Twitter. And that is at FPL underscore point break. If you see the avatar of Keanu Reeves, you've come to the right place. So look, just start chatting to him about point break or FPL. The man will, you know, talk to you all day about those things. So he's too great passions in life and yeah just remember to hit those like and subscribe buttons and if you listen to the show where you can rate it that always helps us out too and you know the the retweets um really help a lot for the show so everyone that does it out there look i see it um andrew sees it too um we absolutely love it anyone that you know responds to us and and chats fpl i've got time for anyone that that helps us out. So um, thanks to everyone out there. And before I finished up, um, just a big thanks to everyone out there for your support for the show in 2022. It's been a big year for it. And with the FPL social events, both here in Melbourne and in Sydney, getting to meet, you know, so many amazing managers out there, you know, but especially with Andrew jumping on board and adding so much to the show since day one. So his football and FPL knowledge is absolutely extraordinary and, and is one of the very few managers out there who I actually lean on for advice with my own team and strategy. So, he, you know, he really knows his movies too. So that's a massive plus. And who would have thought a simple request to get him on to the show to chat about the movie Point Break would have turned into a full-blown FPL bromance. So, yeah, I'm absolutely stoked that he's on board with the show. And, yeah, he sends his regards to everyone out there too for your support. So, as always, heading into Game Week 18 and 2023, let your defensive sheets be clean and your arrows green. See you guys.